Real football is here, boys and girls. I mean, we started with that heartbreak of a game last night, Kansas City against Detroit. We'll get into that in the open. Uh, I'm just, Kadarius Tony is on my crap list. I don't want to say too bad of words in the intro. I might later, who knows. But more importantly for people who are probably listening to this podcast, the Saints opened the Derek Carr era versus Tennessee on Sunday in the Superdome. Is it real football time? And is it time to get excited? You better believe it. Larry Holder, the athletic is here. Uncle Big Nick's picks are here, along with my best bets. Can't wait. I know you can't either. Let's get it started. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of attitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere who have been waiting six months for this weekend to come. That is right, NFL football is back. Real football is back, that is. I should say seven months for a lot of us. And if you're a Saints fan, which most of you listening are Saints fans, I know we got trolls, people who, you know, love it when the Saints lose. They listen too. I get their messages, and that's okay. We're glad you're here. Why are we glad you're here? Because this is the Datitude Podcast. It is episode number 162 for a Friday, September the 8th, 2023. And I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Speaking the Advocate and bet.nola.com. It is exactly seven months, by the way. January 8th, 2023 was the last Saints regular season game. You can't even say meaningful game because it wasn't meaningful. Didn't mean anything. Saints lost 10 to 7 in the Dome. Uh, last second field goal, Eddie Pinheiro. Well, it was meaningful if you bet the Saints over seven and a half wins, it was meaningful because that was the game that put the final stamp on your coffin. Not that I'm bitter or anything, but how else would we start a NFL season on this podcast without being a little bitter? You know what I mean? I mean, last night, if last night is an indication of how this NFL betting season is going to go, then I should just put my money down take whatever money I'm willing to gamble and put it on a vacation because I didn't even get to go on a vacation this year. We were too busy, too, too many things going on, and my vacation was spent in this house. A lot of it's spent in this same room that I'm doing this podcast from. We didn't do Jack this year. Um, so if last night's an indication, that's what I should do with my money. Just put it on a vacation because Kadarius Tony. That mofo, he owes me some money. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that feel the same way that I do, the people that bet on Kansas City. Although if you, if you look at uh, the trolls on the social media and the Internet, everybody seemed to bet on Detroit. I mean, what the hell? They are the most, this is the, every year, I say this is the most. I, I'm going to take that back. Every year there is some super-duper trendy team. I thought it was going to be the Jets. 
and they are trendy, by the way. But I don't know that I've seen one like the Lions. You got numb nuts out there who, put it this way. I woke up this morning. There's a new comment on your YouTube page. I mean, I get them every morning. There's always a comment from one of the previews or whatever. And most of them are just stupid people. But this one in particular is kind of representative of what the average drunk Joe mind thinks. Anybody who's reading my NFL Picks column, look, I love drunk Joe. He's been a part of my NFL Picks column for a decade now. Couldn't go without him. He's, he's the reason why I win money betting on NFL football. Because whatever drunk Joe does, you do the opposite and you win. But this is what I'm talking about. The new comment this morning on my Lions preview says, what now? LOL. So all of a sudden, we're going to crown the Detroit Lions because they beat the Kansas City Chiefs last night without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones and Kadarius Toney tipping balls to the other team. I mean, Kadarius Toney literally gave the Lions seven points. And really, if you want to think about it, he gave them probably 10 to 14 points total because he dropped two other key passes, one on the final drive, that would have given Kansas City a first down at the Detroit 35. So that's probably a field goal at the bare minimum. But if you want to go back to the, the pick six, if that doesn't happen and the Chiefs don't score, the Chiefs win 20 to 14. They cover, everything's good with the world. If Kadarius Toney pulls a hammy before the game, in other words, if Kadarius Tony turned in to Jim Derry, if like you put Kadarius Tony into my body and they say, what is this fat slob doing on the field and he couldn't play, yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. The Chiefs would have won 20 to 14. I don't get it. So anyway, that's how my betting year has started. And uh, I'm not bitter or anything. You, you can hear it right here. I'm not bitter at all. I'm completely fine. Everything's good with the world. Saints open on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans in the Caesars Superdome. Caesars Sportsbook, by the way, is the, in case you didn't know, is the official partner of bet.nola.com. Saints are a three-point favorite down from three and a half, although that is juiced towards the Saints. <clears throat> what does that tell us? It tells us that the people who know what they're doing, not the Aunt Mabels and Drunk Joes, are betting on the Tennessee Titans. Because if it drops off of that 3.5 number, usually what you'll see is if it's 3.5, we call that the hook, boys and girls. The point five is the hook, especially when you're talking about a, a number that with a 3 or a 7 or sometimes even a 6, you talk about the hook, that extra half a point. So if it's 3.5 and, <clears throat> and you bet on the Saints and the Saints win by 3, it means you lose. If it's 3 and you bet on the Saints and the Saints win by 3, it's a push. Nobody gets any money. So to come off of that three and a half is a big deal in the betting world. For those of you who don't know, and I know a lot of you listen to this podcast, don't know a whole lot about betting. You, do, you like to look at the lines and see who's favored and all those things and who's picking whom, but you might not necessarily understand what the lines mean. And so to come off of a three and a half is a, is a big deal. It means there's money on the team that it came off of. And in this case, the Tennessee Titans. So the people who know what they're doing, the people who make money for a living gambling, or at least make a living gambling, whether they make money or not, are betting on the Titans. And so usually what you'll see, uh, and you see this morning that it's, it's minus three 
minus 115 for the Titans, which means that you'd have to bet $115 to win 100 if you want to bet on the Titans plus three. Whereas the Saints, it's actually even money now. It was minus 105. It's even money. You don't have to lay any juice if you went on the bet on the Saints laying three. That means it's really moved. I didn't even notice that until just now. It is really moved towards the Titans. So that, that's like going from 3.4 to, to 2.9 or 2.8. So it's moved like six to seven tenths of a point. That's a lot, boys and girls, especially when you're talking about that number. So anyway, um, will the Saints do it? This is a big game. I mean, you know, I have used the term must win probably foolishly early in the first three weeks of a year. Um, usually when it's like when the Saints are like 0-2 or something and I say they got to win the third game. And that's true. I mean, I don't think you can, I don't think any team that starts 0-3, I mean, it's happened before, but realistically, if you start 0-3, it's going to be a crappy season. So let's get real. So I think this is a big game in the fact of the Saints overall have an easy schedule. We've told you on our NFL team previews this morning, if you watched it, uh, it came out, recorded it yesterday, that the Saints have the easiest schedule in the NFL. But it doesn't necessarily start as the easiest schedule in the NFL because they play four of their first six games on the road. And really, after this Tennessee game, four of the next five on the road, including two other teams' home openers. Carolina next week on a Monday night, Bryce Young's first ever home game in the NFL. And then the Sunday after that, they open the season at Lambeau the home opener for Jordan Love and company. And I think Green Bay is going to be much better than anybody's given them credit for. Although, if you want to listen to the, the drunk Joe morons of the world, the Lions have already won the NFC North, so I don't even know why they're even playing. They should just stop it now. The Lions are 1-0. David Montgomery, is, according to my know-it-all son, David Montgomery is well on his way to 20 touchdowns this year. Probably going to rush for like 1,600 yards. Jameer Gibbs is the fastest running back he's ever seen in his life. Uh, and Jared Goff is going to throw for 5,000 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, you can't stop him. I mean, this team is Dan Campbell, coach of the year. Unquestionable. Go bet on all these things uh, according to the know-it-alls. I mean, the season's over, right? You played one game on a Thursday night. There are 200, I believe 272 of if I've got the number correctly, 272 games in a season. They played one. It's over. All over. Forget about it. Oh, my God. People are so stupid. It's, it's really mind-boggling. Anyone who says, I told you so, after one game or one week, they really shouldn't be allowed to speak because those are the same people that are going to crawl in a hole three, four weeks from now when they're wrong. You think that guy who wrote a comment on my Lions thing is going to come back and say, you know, the Lions are 6-7 and seven right now. You know what? You were right. Yeah. Okay. I'll turn into Santa Claus by then. Although, I guess technically I'm Santa Claus, but that's a whole other story. i got to give a shout-out to my friend. Look, the one thing that is good about this week and leading up, it is busy as hell. I'm glad it's almost over. Um, but uh, the week before the, the uh, NFL season begins is always my draft week. Fink's Football League, been in existence since 1989. 
I know it doesn't add up the right way. We had two seasons where we didn't play. This is our 33rd season of play. We didn't play in 2005 because of Katrina. Uh, and then we didn't play in 2020 because of the pandemic and the uncertainty with the NFL and all that. And so two seasons we didn't play. But we have been in, in existence since 89. And we always have our draft either the Sunday before the season starts or the Monday, which is almost always, especially lately, is Labor Day. And so we had it on Labor Day again this year. Got to see some old buddies. A um, couple little personal notes. Uh, guy who's been in our league since, since not too long after the beginning, since the mid-90s, I guess. Um, my good friend Freddie Willis, uh, his, uh, he lives in Houston now, has come in for the draft. He's lived in Houston for over a decade. Uh, we used to work together at the time, speaking back in the day. He, uh, he's had, he had an accident a few months ago, and he's been in the hospital and is, is uh, unable to communicate verbally. So a uh, rough time for my friend Freddie. He's out there. I don't know if he's listening or not, but uh, anyway, we love him. Hi, Steppers. Um, you know, when you start getting to my age, things start happening. We've lost uh, three dear members of our league throughout the course of time. Uh, and uh, my good friend Billy Moore, who's been in the league since almost the beginning, I told him I would give him a shout-out. Hey, if you ask for a shout-out on Datitude, I'm going to give it to you. If you listen to this show, especially if you listen regularly, I'm going to give you a shout-out if you ask for one. All you got to do is reach out. If you got my number, text me. Reach me at jderryattheadvocate.com. But anyway, love our football draft. It is always, you know, you think after all this time it's the same thing. It's, ne it's never the same. Um, it's never the same. And some of these guys, it's the only time I ever see them, um, which is why I know a lot of them stay in the league because it's the only time we get together, and it's a fun time. It's the same with our baseball league that we do. Uh, not the same guys. Uh, it's a lot of guys in the media. But some of these guys, again, it's the only time I get to see them. That's why I love doing these drafts. So draft time is fun. Um, of course, they all know more than me too. So I've only won the league two years in a row. We'll see what happens. Not that I'm bragging or anything because – Obviously, I don't know how to pick games. Saints-Lions this weekend. Uh, uh, Saints-Lions. Saints-Titans this weekend. What do we think? Um, you know, again, I told you about the spread. And uh, Uncle Big Nick is gonna, is, was supposed to come on yesterday, was not able to because he had a family uh, emergency. But I'm going to share his picks, and he wrote something about all five of his picks. We're going to normally do that on Thursday. We'll have a short Thursday show with just our picks, like we did for most of last year. So it'll be a 20- or 30-minute show, and that'll be it, every Thursday, um, where I will give you my picks. A lot of them are straight from my NFL Picks column. Um, so when Larry is done, I will read our picks on the air. If you want to wait around or, you know, you can move your finger forward and get our picks. That's coming up in about, about 45 or 50 minutes. So Uncle Big Nick uh, shared his picks with me, and we will get that started this week. Um, but again, Larry Holder of The Athletic is coming on. We, will t we talk about uh, Saints and opening the Derek Carr era. How big of a game is this? How, uh, how Derek Carr fits into this offense? What is his ceiling? What is his floor, according to Larry Holder? I don't necessarily agree with Larry. I'll give you a little, little tip. I th I'm higher on Derek Carr than, than Larry is. Not that Larry's down on Derek Carr at all, but I know a lot of fans have been. I've read a lot of things from fans that aren't excited about this at a, about the signing at all. I mean, four years, $160 million is a lot of money. But I will say this, you know, if you look at his stats, and you can't just look at last year, which is what a lot of people are doing. 
He only had 3,500 and some odd yards last year, played in 15 games before he got benched at the end of the season. Um, but the four years before that, he had 4,000-yard season, and two years ago had a 4,862 uh, no, or something along those lines. So it was just shy of 5,000 yards a couple years ago. And uh, look, if this offensive line holds up, it's going to be a good season. To me, that is the key. I've said it in the preview. I've said it on Bayou Bets. I've said it on this podcast. I've said it all summer. That's the key. If this offensive line holds up, the Saints are going to be just fine. Uh, it's going to be an interesting division race. I think Carolina is much better. Um, and I think Atlanta has the potential to be better. Um, again, I'm not holding any secrets back. I've said these in my previews. I think Atlanta is still a year away. They need more help uh, for Desmond Ritter at catching the football. You can love Drake London all you want. You can love Kyle Pitts all you want. But to me, there's not much for Atlanta beyond that, uh, receiving the football. Now, look, they got a great running game. Bijan Robinson is going to be a fantastic running back in this league, I think, for a long time. And I like Tyler Algier, and Cordell Patterson can go back to carrying six or eight times a game and maybe catching a pass here or there. But I'm not a huge fan of Desmond Ritter in the NFL. We'll see how it turns out. I do think the defense of, of the Falcons is better, but I know that's the trendy pick in the NFC South. To me, I've told you, I think value is on the Panthers, but again, I'm not going to bet it because it's even money. I, think, I still think the Saints win the division. We'll get into all that. In fact, let's start it up. Larry Holder of the Athletic is with us, and when we wrap it up with him, we'll come back and have our best bets, pick of the week, and our outro song. What are we going to pick for our song today? Well, it was pretty easy in my mind. My friend Larry Holder is here with me in studio, in our virtual studio, that is, to talk about football, real football. Larry, it's here. It didn't happen in the preseason? What, what, what are you talking about? Look, I mean, look I mean at they had a lot of fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Huge storyline. Like, the Ravens hadn't lost a preseason game in, like, five years, six years, seven years. I mean, that was huge, right? Well, I'm glad we don't talk about that anymore because that, that's finally over with. Uh, you know, football started last night for a lot of people. And, you know, it's funny because I got the, uh, the, the, the comment, obviously, anyone who's watched any of my NFL previews knows I think the Detroit Lions are, you know, I think they're a little overrated. They're a trendy team. I don't like trendy teams when you're talking about betting teams. I'm not going to bet any team that Joe Q Public is all over. And well before last night, Joe Q Public was all over the Detroit Lions. And, you know, so today I'm getting hate mail. I think it's hilarious they were commenting on my, uh, my video. So now what? From one game. I love it. One game out of 272 or whatever it is in the NFL season. are already getting, getting blasted here, Larry. Well, do I think that last night's win is big for Detroit? Sure. Is it catastrophic for Kansas City? No. Uh, but, and I, look, I already know people are going to be nitpicking the win. Uh, you know, Kadarius Tony looked like he was yeah. on the fake. Uh, no Travis Kelsey. Uh, you know, so no Chris it, Jones. Right. Definitely no Chris Jones either. Uh, you know, he's watching in a suite and uh, honestly, good for him because he's underpaid. So I don't really blame him uh, for, for holding out and wanting more money because he deserves it. Uh, but uh, you still got to win the game, and you beat the Chiefs on the road yeah. in first game of the season, marquee matchup. So I got to give the Lions credit. Uh, I'm not totally sold on them. Say they're going to the Super Bowl, but do I did I buy into that they were an improving team? 
Yes. Uh, do I think that what they're doing is something that maybe some teams can stop? Sure. Uh, you know, but I do think that they're on the right track in the right direction. Uh, but do I think that maybe say someone like the Packers could win that division still, or someone like 100%. Minnesota could still win that division? Yes, I agree. So uh, it's not close shut. Oh my gosh. Yeah, let's crown the lions. No, uh, but I do More. think it's a huge win for their franchise, for their fan base. And I'm, I'm curious to see if they can build upon that because look, that win is still like the way that they were trending last year. So they've actually, that, that momentum from last year to this year, look, that did carry over, uh, and, and they have they have some of the right pieces going in Detroit. If you want to crown them, go ahead and crown them. I mean, that's <laughs> what our old friend Danny Green used to say. Look, today's going to be fun. We are going to spend today, you know, kind of like we used to spend the old days back on uh, Fridays, back in the day on the Black and Gold Today show. We'll have maybe some pixie dust flying around later on. Who knows? I might force Larry into making a pick or two. But, you know, today is going to be a lot about the Saints it's going to be uh, Saints-Titans, obviously, in the Superdome on Sunday as the Saints get started. They have three-point favorites, juice towards the Saints. Uh, that was three and a half earlier in the week, so it's going to be a fun day. Let the Derek Carr era begin, and we're going to certainly lead off with the Saints, but we are also going to talk about the NFL and Week 1, and that's what Larry Holder does for the Athletic. Larry Holder covers the NFL for the Athletic. We are glad to have him here today and hopefully every Friday during the NFL season. Uh, as we talk again, not just about the Saints, but we will talk about what's going on in the NFL, and obviously we let off with, with Chiefs and Lions. All right, let's get into Saints-Titans and some of our thoughts here. Larry, and the Derek Carr era finally getting started. I know that's what fans uh, are thinking about right now. By the way, if you want to comment, uh, if you have a question or comment, please feel free to leave it if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and we'd be glad to show it on the screen, and we'll answer it here during the show. But uh, what do, you th- what do you think of Derek Carr? Obviously an upgrade from what the Saints have had the last two years. He's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees is gone and he's never coming back. But he can bring some semblance of stability to the quarterback position for this football team. Well, I will say Drew Brees wasn't Drew Brees until he got no to the Orleans and under the offense. But uh, and, and when Drew Brees came in 06, he didn't exactly have – all-star pieces. I mean, they had to build together. Uh, now, Derek Carr doesn't have four years to build together. I, mean, I know the Saints got to the NFC Championship game in 06 and then fell off. But this team is more ready-made to win now, and you needed someone like Derek Carr. And I keep saying it. People ask me expectations for him. I say ceiling for him would be if he was number 10 on a top 10 list. I think that is the ceiling. For him now, the floor isn't that low either. So that's the thing. Like if you have Derek Carr and say he is a top half of the league quarterback, that's probably where expectations could be. I keep throwing up the name of Kirk Cousins. Like I look at those two as basically the same guy. And uh, you know, can Carr have some similarities to Drew in terms of style? Yes, you want him to be accurate with the football. I do think Derek Carr has uh, a better on than Drew Brees had in the latter years. And so I think Derek Carr uh, can actually get the football downfield, even though some markets, uh, probably his older one, tease that he couldn't do it uh, and try to get the ball to Devontae Adams and uh, players like that. But I do think that he has the ability to open things up. And that look, that's what you need. And also, I, I keep bringing back this point in a lot of times when I, when I talk about the Saints, 
that it also goes to the Saints defense is probably one of the better defenses that Derek Carr will be playing alongside than he's been with the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders defense has been bad over the years so many times. The Saints have a good complement, so it's not, say, all on Derek Carr's shoulders. And so I think that's a big plus for him to feel comfortable, kind of do his thing, not have to maybe take so many chances, uh, which last year – that offense that they ran asked him to take more chances, uh, and his completion percentage showed it. It was as low as it had been uh, maybe since his rookie year. So I think that Derek Carr comes in, solidifies the offense, and look, I think Tennessee's a good early test. They're not a bad team, but they're not a great team. So I think that if Derek Carr can get off on the right foot, I think there's definitely uh, some positive momentum you can build off of this. You know, at the same time, Larry, though, I mean, people forget that he threw for over 4,000 yards in four seasons. Uh, And two years ago, threw for 4,800 yards. I mean, talk about, you know, just less than 200 yards shy of a 5,000-yard season. I mean, it's easy to forget that. And he really, he's going to encounter some of the same things here in New Orleans, I think, that he encountered in Vegas. You know, it wasn't that long ago where the Saints were – had a dominant offensive line. And now, you know, you look at rankings among some of the services like yours and, you know, Pro Football Focus and RotoWire, and the Saints offensive line is anywhere from rank 26th to I've seen 31st. So, I mean, this is what the problem he had in Vegas. So, I mean, you wonder almost for his personal thing, you know, it's great to be back with Dennis Allen, but why he would even want to come here? Well, A, they're paying him to be a starting All right. They're paying him $160 million over four years. That'll make Yeah, they paid him to be a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback, and he couldn't even do that anymore with Los Angeles, even though – I mean, Las Vegas, but even though they moved on to Jimmy Garoppolo, which Jimmy Garoppolo – look, his numbers are actually been better uh, than than Carr's, uh, even though you look at him as more of a game manager. But still – I think those any any O line ratings that has the Saints down at the bottom, I think that's that's deceiving. I, I don't see the Saints as that. Now, if they're again, health has been a huge issue. We all right. know that. And if they're healthy, I think they are middle of the pack offensive line. That's good. Like, and that's here's the thing: fine. If they're if they end up being a middle of the pack offensive line, you're super thrilled if you're a Saints fan, right? Uh, because that would mean, say, Ryan Ramchek could. Play more like Ryan Ramchek. You, Eric McCoy would be a good piece at, at center. Means Trevor Penning is what you drafted for, and your guard play in the middle. Look, this is a big year for Caesar Ruiz contract year. You know, and uh, who knows what's happening at the other left uh, at the yeah. uh, you know at the other Hurst slash Pete. Right. Uh, you just want someone not to be a turnstile there. So right. let's uh, or commit penalties. So, uh, and I think a big key though too is. Uh, if the Saints can run the football well. I mean, they haven't run it really that well in the last couple of years. Uh, We know they're going to be without Kamara early. Jamal Williams, uh, look, he's a four yards per carry guy, kind of right at that clip. So if he does that, that's productive in the NFL. And he could score along the goal line. That's huge, too. But anything, if you can mix and match uh, run game with the pass game and the offensive line can be solid, that's good. Like, that's the thing. Saints, the better part of the football for the Saints right now is the defense. If the, if the offense can be solid, put put up more than 20 points a game, they could put up 24 points a game, 25 points a game. Uh, they will win more games than they did last year. 
And you see the numbers on the screen as, you know, as Larry pointed out, it's a little busy down there, but, you know, if you, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll work on them. Maybe we'll change Let me read them. It helps refresh. Well, I mean, 19th, the Saints were the 19th ranked running offense last year, and I think that only gets better. I think this, the best shape they've been in running-wise in a while. You, you talked about Jamal Williams when Alvin Kamara comes back, but I think Kendra Miller showed a lot in the preseason that he can be. You know, we joke about preseason, but a guy like that, a rookie coming in, I think needed to be able to show something, and he, and he did, in my opinion. So I liked what I saw from Kendra Miller. I think the Saints can improve on that, and I think they certainly can improve on their passing offense. So if their overall offense gets up to somewhere around 10 or 12 and their defense can stay somewhere near where it is, they've got to improve on their running defense, 24th in the NFL. Uh, but if they can stay anywhere near, they've been set in the top seven for three years in a row, I think they're in decent shape. Oh, I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, we're talking about their overall season aspect, and they have a winnable schedule. Uh, if they can, if the offense could kind of get going early and the defense can, I don't need them to be fifth, but let them be a top 10 defense, actually create takeaways. I mean, that's, uh, that would be huge because the Saints certainly lacked that last year. And so uh, it, it's all there for the, for the making. And they, to me, if there's a team that missed the playoffs last year that has the best shot to get to the playoffs this year, it's the Saints. Yeah. The Jets are probably the other one. So, I, you know, it, it, it's there. It's there for them. I hate the fact that, and I, and I said this in my preview, it finally ran 32 Team previews done. Uh, the Saints were the last one around this morning. And when I made my prediction of the Saints and said 11 and 6, I did so with hesitation because for the second year in a row, I'm with all the other media members, my cohorts along uh, across the, you know, who cover the Saints. And I, I hate that everyone is on the Saints again. So, but I, I will say through. that's not the case nationally. A lot are. But I, a lot of, there's enough people out there buzz that's, that think, and I agree the, the biggest threat to them in their division is Atlanta. So I think I that, disagree with that. So Okay. I think it's Carolina. Why okay, why? Because I think that the Carolina defense is, if you look at the past four or five years, they, they, I think last year was an anomaly for the Carolina defense not being as good as they had been. Now, obviously, Steve Wilkes is gone, so that's going to, change things for them, but I think their defense is aligned to be back, getting back to being a top 10 kind of defense, and I love Bryce Young, and I know it's hard for a rookie quarterback to come in and be solid in his first year, but they have just as an easy schedule as the Saints do, as the Falcons do, and I think if they can get past, they have a tough road early on, but I think if they can get past that, I think this team, I think Carolina is a 10-win kind of team, and I do not believe in Desmond Ritter at all. Besides that, I think that People are over as good as B. John Robinson is for the Falcons. I think that the depth at receiver for the, the Falcons is not good. I mean, once you get past Drake London and Kyle Pitts, two great receivers, don't get me wrong, but I think they're in a world of hurt after that. I mean, I, I, so I am not believing in the Falcons at all. I think their defense will be a little bit better, but they're going to have to prove to me that Desmond Ritter can, can actually do something. Well, look, Arthur Smith, to me, is going to say, hey, uh, remember how I uh, got the Titans to win divisions as their offensive guy, and what did I do? Ran the football. And yeah. I think 
They have uh, you could talk about Bijan Robinson, but Tyler Algier. Look, he's someone who can run the football. He was. I don't one disagree of the, with that. Well, he was one of the most prolific runners in the last five weeks of last season uh, in the league, and and they got Bijan Robinson, who I think can be a multi weapon. Look, I think Cordero Patterson can still uh, make some things happen there. Thirty three years old now. I don't. Okay, good. You don't have to. You, you don't have to use him like. 700 snaps like you can sprinkle him in and he doesn't have to be as prolific and I don't think Atlanta's defense is going to stink like that's the thing yeah I think they're going to be better than they have been because they have stunk there's no I'm not saying that I think Atlanta's going to win the division I'm just saying that I think that's that's the Saints biggest competition well from the gambling side of things and from the betting and I know you don't look at it that way but I but oh I do enough look look I I do I publish stuff every week updated odds on our site, MVP awards. So, no, I, I look at it more than you think, my friend. Well, the Panthers, I think, are the best value in the division no matter how you look at it. They're plus 500, which means they are 5-1 to one to win the division. The Saints are basically even money to win the division. So, if you're looking for I think the Saints are going to win the division. But if I'm going to place a bet on who's going to win the division, I'd rather put my money on Carolina at 5-1. to one. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Yeah, that's okay. in terms you're looking at value and that. And could Carolina jump up and look if Bryce Young plays well, they're going to be good. Like if Miles Sanders fits in well uh, and runs it like he did last year in Philadelphia, uh, they could be good. Uh, I, look, I don't know the receivers really at Carolina. I mean, I, I only feel like I know Adam Thielen. Who else? I, I, DJ Shark. Okay, he could be Harris Marshall. Right. What have I seen from him since LSU? That's you know, and and he was the third wheel at LSU. So, but you no, know, like it's all hinging on Bryce Young. Like if Bryce Young no can doubt about that. jump off and, and be good early, then this is a division that that can be had. And in a betting sense, like you're saying, uh, I agree. Like that that is a good value bet for, for that division. I will definitely say this about the NFC South because of their schedules. I mean, you know, you know I see a lot of. A lot of people, not just in the local media, but just around saying, you know, because last year the Tampa Bay won the division with an eight and nine record that it's going to stink again. And that, you know, eight and nine, eight and nine is not 10. I don't know if 10 wins is going to win this division this year. The division itself is going to, I'm not going to say they're going to be much better, but because of the schedules that they are playing, their records are going to be much better. I think it's going to take at least 10, maybe 11 wins to win this division. And, you know, Larry, just showing the Saints schedule because I have it ready. But, I mean, who's the best quarterback on this list? I mean, Trevor uh, Lawrence. It's got to be. After Trevor Lawrence and, say, even if you want to put Jared Goff in the mix and Kirk yeah. Cousins in the mix. So those are your three, Trevor Lawrence, Jared Goff, and Kirk Cousins. Other than that, who are we talking about? Ryan Tannehill and old Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones. I mean. Justin Fields could be tricky. Yeah, maybe. I'm not, I'm not in the Justin Fields camp. I get it. I get why people love him. Uh, but to me, you know, this, this, it's hard not to pick the saints with this schedule, but I'm not going gung ho. Like I did last year. I mean, last year I said there was no way that the saints weren't going to win more than seven games. I mean, it was seven and a half early last summer. I'm like, to me, that was like the easiest bet in the history of sports gambling. And then that you get proven once again, there is no sure thing in gambling. Yeah. Easy bet for Vegas. They took out his money. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Nobody bet that under. I mean, let's let's get real. I mean, that was like free money. They they were saying, nothing. There is no free money. Anyway, you know, finishing up on the Saints. You know, I do like, and I want to talk about their defense a little bit before we move on and talk about the NFL. I know you got to run early this morning. Um, you know, the Saints ranked fifth in defense. It's still basically Dennis Allen's baby. 
Is there any reason to think, and look, there's a lot of turnover on the defensive front. Uh, you know, we saw David Anyamana leave, Shai Tuttle's gone, um, you know, Caden Ellis is, is gone from at linebacker, and there's some new guys coming in um, along the front. You think this Saints defense is still a top seven kind of unit? I think they can be. I think what they did is they got better run defenders than what they had toward the end of yeah. last year. Like I think Kalen Saunders is a better run defender. I think Nathan Shepard is a better run defender. So, you know, they don't have to play 80% of the snaps. Right. If they play 40% of the snaps and you get some more pass rushers in the middle. Look, I think Brian Brzee, I thought we saw him growing as a player. So that's, that's a good sign. Uh, so I do think that they certainly addressed a weakness and they didn't make these big splash, uh, free agent moves, draft picks, but I do think they added a lot of solid pieces. And as long as you're, uh, look, toward the end of last year, I I had some of the numbers, uh, and I I actually picked, uh, I did a story on an aspect from each team, from one team in each division uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, which would carry over from last year to this year. I picked the Saints defense in the NFC South as the, the one aspect that I think can be good and carry over that's even with a poor run defense because I think they improved there. So I do think that I like that unit. Uh, you know, I want to see if they can get consistent pass rush. Uh, you know, we, we want to see if if Peyton Turner. Uh, it's funny. Anytime I mention the Saints defensive line, I forget Peyton Turner because he, to me, I'm like, what is well, he People get Saints fans get ticked off, really, when you talk about Peyton Turner. I actually like what I saw from him in the preseason again. It's preseason. We're not putting too much stock in the preseason, but I'd say he's one of maybe three or four players that made actually made an impression on me. Kendra Miller, certainly one of the other ones, that I say, okay, maybe this this dude can actually contribute. I know we've said that before, but I, I think Peyton Turner, he's certainly going to get an opportunity to contribute this year, I think. I mean, is he ever going to live up to that first-round billing? Probably not, but, I mean, at least – I think he's serviceable, and I think he can get in there and make some plays. I liked what I saw out of him. I mean, he's a late first-round pick, so when you're picking that late, it's basically a second-round guy. But I could just say, I just remember, uh, you know, our draft guru, Dane Brugler, in, in, uh, and his rankings. I mean, Peyton Turner was like 50-something. Yeah. So it was, and it's he's lived up to being 50-something, not 20-something. Uh, he Sean might, Peyton he, likes to reach. Sean he's Peyton. actually even lower. Like, you know, he was not even 50-something you know, in terms of how he's produced in the NFL. But still, look, I think that that unit is the strength. They need to create more takeaways, but that unit is certainly the strength. You like what you see in the secondary. If both linebackers, DeMario Davis and Pete Warner, stay healthy, you bet you play two. I mean, everybody knows that these days. So uh, that's – you like where you are. I mean, I think Elante Taylor is an ascending player. I do. I agree. So, uh, you know, I I don't blame them from – uh, you you wish you would have got something for Roby, but I get it. I mean, if you're going to move on, move on. And that's – I didn't – it's just a name that he's still a good player. I, I would have figured he could be on a roster maybe week two. I mean, you, just because he's a veteran guy and the roster maneuvering. So he could be on somebody's roster. Uh, he's good enough to still play. But let, that unit has got to be the strength. And if the, here's the thing. If they're good and the offense becomes the strength, that means the offense got really good. Right. So I think there's there's a lot of promise. Like as I've been going through and doing like studies, like like player trends, team trends, 
uh, throughout this offseason, the last three or four weeks, I have kind of gotten more bullish on the Saints than maybe I was uh, before then, uh, before maybe, say, training camp started and seeing just kind of digging in and seeing what they did, small tweaks. Now, I will say this. Uh, I want to see what these specialists can do. I mean, that's the roll of the dice. Uh, you right. Two unproven guys. Uh, what if the kicker all of a sudden gets the yips and then you're, you're Bermuda? Blake groupie? No way, man. I mean, uh, he, he looks like he could still be kicking. He could be kicking for the Rumble Raiders uh, tonight. You know, th- I mean, that's, that's what he looks <laughs> like right now. So, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, uh, would anyone bat an eye if he went out and if he was wearing a rumble jersey with his helmet off, by the way, would anyone bat an eye along the sideline or the opposing sideline if Blake Groupie walked out there in a rumble uniform? I think he is kicking tonight for the Raiders. I'm just saying, I think he is. Well, he might be there for soccer season too. You never know. Rumble's had some great kickers, uh, you know, all the barricades that worked at the paper, they that they all uh, went to rumble and were kickers there, you know. Well, that was a rumble kicker in the league for like 30 seconds last year, but he okay. it didn't pan out. Didn't pan out. Well, there no shot kickers in the league that I know of. So uh, <laughs> they just coach. They end up being the Josephs are, were kickers. No, no, they weren't kickers. So <laughs> didn't have any kickers at Shaw. Um, all right. Well, look, we're going to come back to this uh, at the end of the show because we're going to get a Saints Titans prediction. Um, but I do want to say that the you know we talk about the defense and they're obviously. 24th against the run. If there was a weakness last year, it was that. They're going to get tested. And you talked about how you thought the run defense is improved. Um, they're going to get tested, obviously, right off with Derrick Henry, uh, the top-ranked uh, – well, I mean, Derrick Henry is, to me, the number one back in the NFL. They are the 13th uh, running the football last year. But they had a lot of issues. Derrick Henry is a beast, man. If you can stop him, you know you're going to be okay. Oh, that's who they have. And, look, you know, it's there's a reason why they've drafted quarterbacks the last two years. Uh, you yeah. know, it's Malik Willis and then right. Will Levis. And they're trying to get rid of Tannehill. This is this is his last ride, uh, whether it's one of those two guys replacing him or somebody else. So I think they're, uh, you know, they, they know that they still have to have their bread and butter has got to be Derrick Henry. But, oh, man, how painful would it be if, say, Tajay Spears went off? Oh, man. <laughs> Look, nothing against nothing against Kendra Miller, and I'm biased because again, I covered Tajay for four years at Punch Tool, so I've always thought this, that he's going to have a long football career. So I I don't want to see that. I hope Tajay does well after he leaves the Superdome, but man, he very well could be because I think he's a dynamic threat. I said he's a lot Agreed. in ways like Alvin Kamara in ways. Uh, he's not exactly the same back, but I think he's a similar kind of back and could have the same kind of success. So. I mean, well, he's a more proven runner than, say, Kamara was at this point in his right, career. Right, exactly. He can catch the ball. So, uh, yeah. That's They're the drafted thing. around the same spot. Right. right third know? round. But, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think people who see Derrick Henry, Spears is definitely going to be sprinkled in. Like, they, because oh, no you, can, you can use him multiple ways. So, I think that's, that's a weapon that we really, like, people are going to look at this game and say, oh, well, they've got DeAndre Hopkins. But right. that's. It always seems like that's Tennessee. Always seems like the last stop for like veteran receivers, and then it's uh, then it's over with for them. So this is you know I'm curious to see what Hopkins has, but uh, I, if there's any fan base or city in the NFL city that would not sleep on Spears, I think it would be us in New Orleans. Well, I tell you, uh, I said it on by you best yesterday. Here's your trivia question: uh, 
Derrick Henry has been in the league for this will be his eighth opening day. You want to you care to guess his average his r- average rushing yards on opening day his previous seven uh, opening days. Oh, I mean, I'm just throwing darts. Yeah, just throw a dart. Uh, 110 yards. You are way off, my friend. It's 56.3. And he's only scored one touchdown on opening day. So maybe he starts a little slow. Um, You know, I don't know. Charles says the Titans relentlessly run the ball. Saints have not shown much of a running game and are missing Kamara and maybe Miller. So it's Derek versus Derek, meaning Henry versus Carr. I don't think I agree with that. But we'll get to that in our prediction. I want to, we're going to come back to the Saints-Titans because we've got to wrap up the show within the next 11 to 12 minutes. So briefly, Larry, I want to talk overall about the NFL. I did want to spend a little more time, but we don't have the time. So I want you to pick a couple games out of this list that you find interesting uh, this weekend that you're going to be looking for. These are just the Sunday afternoon games. Of this list, give me two games that you're really going to have your eye on. I'm curious to see San Francisco Pittsburgh uh, because I I'm there's the hype machine all around Kenny Pickett. I'm yep. curious to see and that defense has played well toward the end of last year. Pickett and George Pickens got better last year. Uh, and is Brock Purdy going to be the same guy? Uh, look, I still that defense is going to be good. Nick Bose is back on the field, uh, freshly paid. Uh, and I will also, I'll just go on the screen that the game above it, I'm curious to see Cincinnati Cleveland, just because you're curious to see Deshaun Watson, if they can get that thing going, Nick Chubb can be Nick Chubb, uh, Joe Burrow coming off the injury, freshly paid, uh, you know, to me, I, I, I'll just tell you this. We did uh, some predictions for Super Bowl. I picked the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl. You did. Uh, and I picked them to actually win the Super Bowl. So I like this is a game that I feel like will be a tough test early for them. Uh, so I think that's uh, you know in terms of the early slate, I, I, those are the two games I'm really watching. I'm curious to see all the rookie quarterbacks because that's all three of the rookie quarterbacks are playing early. Uh, but in, in terms of matchups, those are the two matchups I'm really intrigued at, about the in the early slate. Brian says Loomis. I'm this. These are not my words. It's Brian Cavett's words. Loomis is an idiot for picking Kendra Miller over Tajay Spears. Titans, he's taking the Titans in the points. We're going to get to our predictions on that in some minute. I don't. I think idiot's a little strong. Uh, that is definitely in my vocabulary. I try not to use it on this show. My wife said that's a bad word that I shouldn't use around our kids. I guarantee you've used idiot on this show plenty. I, I don't know. I try not to. I don't know. I, I definitely used to use so it in black and gold. You maybe even more harsh language. What are you trying to say? I mean, you get salty, man. Come on. I definitely get salty at times. The older I get, the saltier I get. Um, You know, there's one game on this list that I'm really excited about, and I'm with you on San Francisco Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh, and I'm I'm trying not to, if you're listening on the podcast version and not watching here on video, I'm trying not to give too much away because my best bets with Uncle Big Nick are coming up after this segment on the podcast, the recorded version. But so I like Pittsburgh. I, I, I'm on the hype train on that one. I, I agree. I think, I think and not just because of Kenny Pickett, I think George Pickens is going to be the next dynamic, what the hell, how does he make that catch kind of crazy receiver. I, I can't wait to see George Pickens' career in the NFL. I think it's going to be phenomenal. 
But Green Bay Chicago is so interesting to me. Jordan Love against Justin Fields. I think that is going to be a fun game to watch because I think, frankly, we talked about it a little bit earlier and all the hype on Detroit. I think that Jordan Love, I think Green Bay is still going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, I think they could be good. Here's the thing. I think their defense uh, is going to be better than what people anticipate. And it really centers around uh, Rashawn Gary coming back. Yeah. He is one of the best pressure players in the NFL. Uh, missed half of last season. but And down the stretch last season, their defense was playing uh, very well. And yeah. the offense was not. And so, you know, I'm curious to see. Well, in that game, Christian Watson's been banged up. Uh, curious to see uh, how much he plays if he plays. Uh, he, he's their number one guy. Uh, can they sprinkle in that run game with, with Jones and Dylan? Uh, all eyes are going to be on quarterbacks, Justin Fields uh, and uh, Jordan Love. But also Chicago, uh, I am bullish on Fields and DJ Moore. I think Moore is the weapon that they were really missing. His numbers were down last year, but it wasn't on Moore. It was erratic quarterback play. Uh, but he's been a good Sam Darnold? Player. Sam Darnold wasn't very good? Uh, no, his numbers actually with Darnold late in the season were very good. It was okay. before that. Like, Moore was a top 10 receiver in some of the metrics I, I gauged uh, in the last, say, five games. Darnold was was a very good quarterback. Who is There's a reason why. Here's the thing. There's a reason why San Francisco went and got Darnold as their backup because they they're looking at the same numbers that I was looking at last year. That yes. he was he was good the last half of the season, uh, and so it, it's uh, move on from Trey Lance. They like Darnold better. Uh, he fits more of what uh, what Brock Purdy can do. So yeah, I'm going off on tangent, but I like DJ Moore as someone who can make Chicago more legitimate on offense and not have Justin Fields. I see what you did there. Nobody. I see what you did there. More. He could be more. You know, I I guess. I actually didn't mean to do that on purpose. He's a poet and he didn't even know it. All right, Larry Holder, before we let you go, we're going to have, I'm going to make you do three predictions that we're going to bring back Pixie Dust Friday. Two from this screen here. I want you to give me two predictions and then we're going to go back to Saints Titans and wrap it up with that. Um, so give me your two predictions off this screen. I will go, let's see. Uh, let's and I'm putting see. him on the spot, by the way. You so are he, putting me on the he spot. He did not know he was going to have to do this. Now here's the thing. I made picks already, and I'm, I'm trying to think, like, did I forget what, what picks I made? Uh, I mean, I can make some easy ones, but I don't want to well, make it. you got to use the spread. We're going to make you use to. the spread. You know, I'm just well, picking a winner. So. so nothing's easy when you're talking about spreads. By the uh, way, my, I'll, take, I'll take Philly. I'll take Philly. Uh, you're going to take Philly minus four over New England. Yeah, I love Jalen Hurts. I love their offense. <laughs> so do I. I, love, I think that uh, I picked Jalen Hurts as my MVP of the league this year. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I love I lo- all in on the Eagles. So, you don't like, the then you, you don't like my Super Bowl pick then because, and I have never announced it. This is the first time I'm announcing it publicly, but I like Dallas and Buffalo in a, in a rematch Ooh. of what, 30 something years ago. Dallas, Dallas and Buffalo and in the Super Buffalo. Bowl. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That is, that's pretty spicy. Yeah, why not? I mean, so, Dallas won't even win a division if you're looking at it from me. So Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So one of us is going to be wrong. You got Philly minus four over New England. That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, and it could be wet in uh, Foxborough. So that, that could even make it more interesting. I All like right, I the other well. one. All right, I, I'll go. Uh, I will go. Let me look. Oh, I'm going to take Denver. 
Denver. Okay, we're I'm against you on both of those. I'm just going to tell you right now. You, you think the Sean, Sean Payton, Payton? I trust. Come on. All right, Sean Payton, you trust. I'm going to leave my picks again after we are finished recording here. I'm going to add my monologue, and I'm going to add uh, my picks. Uncle Big Nick and I are going to do from here on out do a Thursday show where we'll have nothing but picks. We're just going to talk about picks. That'll be our Thursday show. Won't be talking Saints football unless they're one of our picks. Won't be talking about LSU or Tulane unless it's one of our picks. But uh, that's coming up on Thursdays from here on out. But he could not make it at a family emergency, so we're going to add it to the end of the regular audio podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, you can get that attitude and you can hear our picks. All right, back to the Saints. I will give you my Saints pick, but I'm going to let Larry go first. Saints, Titans, how do they start the season, Larry Holder? I think they go 1-0. Uh, I think uh, they can, they've beefed up their run defense enough to kind of handle what they're going to throw at them. And I think uh, Derek Carr is going to have a pretty good debut. So I, I think the Saints, you want me to give you a score? Or, uh, yeah, obviously sure. Give me a score. Because we're talking spread. Yeah. Uh, I will go Saints 24, Titans 20. So I'm guess I'm picking them to cover. Is that what the – Yes, the, that, the that would be picking them to cover. Yes. And you're picking the score to go over, um, over the 41. I'm just going to let everybody know that, that back when we were doing black and gold today, when Larry and I both said the same thing, it was really bad news for the team that we picked. But I don't know how you don't pick the Saints here. I know that the Sharps like the Titans. This number is going down. It was three and a half at Caesar Sportsbook, by the way, which is the official odds partner of bet.nola.com. Um, it was three and a half earlier in the week. In fact, it's been three and a half all offseason, but it went down to three. I still think the Saints cover. I mean, I can't go with the Sharps here. I think the Saints win, and I don't remember the exact score that I put in my column but somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 to 17. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think both teams are going to have to feel their way. Um, so Chris says go Saints. He, he's not going to make a prediction, but he's just going to say go Saints, and we're okay with that. We're okay with that. So Larry and I are both on the same page here. Bad news Danger for the New Orleans zone. Saints. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, didn't work out before. We'll see how it works out in the future. Larry, I'm so glad that you are back with us on Fridays. Uh, we're going to do this again Every Friday morning at 10 a.m. here on the Datitude Podcast on all these same social media channels and on my podcast on Datitude, the audio version only. Larry, have a great weekend and enjoy uh, watching your NFL Week 1. Oh, it will be uh, wild and woolly, I'm sure. It already has been, right? Leave the tennis racket at home. I can, thankfully. Man, my <laughs> body, my body uh, needs a break. Trust me. All right, we'll talk to you next Friday. And well, you thanks. didn't tell everybody you ran into me at the tournament. I, I, I did. I actually, people don't believe that I go to the gym because they just look at True, me. True, like, he does go to. Should I tell him which gym so they can stalk you? No, All no, your attitude no. stalkers? Yeah, yeah, all three of them. Uh, we, we, we don't need them showing up trying to get into, into the gym and, you know, messing up my, my, my long workouts. Very you know, regimented, I'm it's sure. Hard, it's hard to get this, this shape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, real hard to get into Jim Derry shape. (laughs) All right, enough of our shape. We'll talk more next Friday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks, Larry. You got it. You know, I can't believe that he actually agreed to come on the show every Friday. I used to, in fact, I don't think I've, you know me. I like to have fun. I take a little crap. I give a little crap. But I don't know that I've given anyone more grief than Larry Holder throughout the years. But yet he still agrees to come on my show, and now he's going to come on every Friday. Got to love it. Got to love it. We're going to have fun as we go along. 
We're going to have fun with our picks. Again, usually when we get to Lowry, my picks will already be out so I could kind of talk about them. But I wanted to save them for the show here because, again, Uncle Big Nick, who's going to come on Thursdays, had a family emergency. We were supposed to do one yesterday. We'll do it on Thursdays. And, again, Monday, too. And my Monday, Derry's Dime will be back, where it'll be mostly just me. Every now and then I'll have a guest, but I'll give you my thoughts on the game from the day before. We'll have uh, the coaches and players' reaction, maybe a little bit more extended um, interviews than you heard, like on TV or whatever, so you'll be able to hear more of it here on Datitude. So Monday's show will be about a half an hour. Thursday's show will be at 20 minutes or so, and then Friday's show will be the longer show, the preview of the weekend, and obviously it'll last an hour or maybe a little bit longer than that. We're going to get into Uncle Big Nick now, and we can't do it without his music. Even though he's not here, got to play his music. Uncle Big Nick, can we make some picks today? Mom, can we please? Yep, I had to play the music. I mean, little, never a chance. To, I don't miss my chance for getting a little Lucy on there. Oh, it's been a while since I got to play it. It is fun times. We're making our NFL picks, and we're going to get right into it because I don't want to waste any time. In fact, I'm going to do them a little bit different than I usually do. Uh, the way that we are going to do it is going to be very similar to the way we did it last year. We get a maximum of $110 to bet for the week, um, which is basically the equivalent of betting $100 with the juice and all that, blah, blah, blah. So basically, you have $100 to bet. You include the juice. There you go. Um, we make up to five picks. You don't have to make five picks, but we pretty much been making five picks every week. And all of Nick's picks this week are $20 bets, or actually $22 bets. All right? So here we go. I'm going to tell you his picks, and he's got reasonings for each one. Uh, UBN is normally going to pick college games. He will mix in an NFL game here and there. His first four are college picks. And he goes with, again, we talked earlier about betting against trends. And UBN knows how to win money, too. He's going against the trend right off the bat here. He's got Nebraska plus three over Colorado. He thinks it's a huge letdown spot for Coach Prime and his guys. And he says, are they for real? We're about to find out. I agree with him on the fact of, are, we gonna, are they for real? We're going to find out. We're definitely going to find out. Um, but I actually think Colorado's for real. The reason being is the way Shadour Sanders played, and I hate jumping on any hype train. And so I'm very leery and hesitant to jump on this hype train. And I'm not willing to put my own money on it yet. But the way Shadour Sanders played quarterback last week and knowing how well his daddy played in pressure situations and just who Deion Sanders is, I, I can't not buy in. And I don't think I just think Nebraska is not any good. Uh, I just I really don't. So I'm against Nick here. Not enough to bet on it, but uh, UBN says a huge letdown spot. We'll see. He's got Nebraska plus three over Colorado. All right, his next pick is involves Ole Miss and Tulane. He's not taking a side. He's got Ole Miss Tulane over 67. He's betting 22 bucks on it. He says, these teams will score and score and score some more. Ole Miss will not stop scoring no matter how far ahead they are. Well, I do like the over, but I'm going to say this. I think Lane Kiffin is the most overrated coach in college football. I said it. There you go. I, 
I, he look, he gets good squads. He's a good recruiter. But as far as game coaches, offensive prowess to me, yeah, well, he does this and he does that. Big deal. I do think there will be a lot of points scored, but I think Tulane's the better football team. So I'm not against this overpick. I don't buck him in any way. But I will say that I think Tulane's a better football team. I may put some money on the Tulane money line because I think they're going to beat Ole Miss. I said it on Bayou Bets yesterday. I'm saying it here. I actually said it on Garland Gillen's show about a month ago. Anyway, that's what I think. All right, his next pick. He has got, let's see here. He's got Oklahoma minus 16 over SMU, the Southern Methodist Mustangs. He says, I think that Oklahoma's for real and that Venable's defense in the second year with this scheme can make some stops and cover this spread. Uh, I have no opinion on this whatsoever. Those of you who have been listening to picks on this show for three years know that I try to stay away from making picks. If I'm making a pick on college football, it means I really like it. Uh, so I, am, I have no opinion on this pick whatsoever. But Uncle Big Nick knows his college football. He really does. That's why uh, he's, he's picking that. That's why he's picking mostly college games. And I pick mostly pros. So he's got Oklahoma minus 16 over Southern Methodist. All these are $22 picks. His fourth pick, Stanford, plus 29 over USC. He says he doesn't see, or he doesn't trust USC's defense to cover a four-touchdown spread. They can't stop a nosebleed. Stanford has definitely declined over the past few years. But 29 points, that's a lot of points. And so it's really more than a four-touchdown spread. I agree that's a lot, especially in a, pack, in a conference game. And his last pick, He's picking against his Niners. He's got the Pittsburgh money line against the San Francisco 49ers. He's a big believer in the Steelers. Another trendy pick, but I like, as Larry was talking about earlier, I like this pick as well. Um, I'm on the Steelers hype train. I know I only picked them to finish third in the AFC North, but I think they're going to win nine or ten games. I think that George Pickens is phenomenal. I think Kenny Pickett is going to be good, but Uncle Big Nick says... He's a big believer in Pittsburgh this year, and he thinks his Niners will take a little while to get going, and I agree with that. I think the Niners eventually will win the NFC West, but I don't think it's going to be easy. Um, I think they will be a factor in the playoffs, but again, like last year, kind of, I think they're gonna, it's going to take a little while for them to get going. They better hope Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. Big deal. All right, my picks. Last year I was 55-36 and 36 on Pixie Dust Thursday. It's Pixie Dust Friday today. Um, I think I was plus 320 some odd dollars of the year. Here's what I'm going with this year, all, uh, this week, week one, all NFL bets. Um, I did well with the teasers last year. In fact, uh, looking down here, I was 13 and four with teasers. And if you don't know what a teaser is, it means you get six, you have to pick, make two picks against the spread. The good news is you get six points for each pick um, in your favor. The bad news is you have to win both. If you don't win both, you don't win. And it's minus 120. In other words, you got to bet $12 to win 10. In this case, I'm betting 36 to win 30. My teaser is Miami. Instead of plus three, it's going to be plus nine. So I'm getting Miami plus nine over the Chargers. And to tag along with Nick's pick, Pittsburgh plus eight and a half over San Francisco. I love both of these. I think that Miami and Pittsburgh are going to win straight up. When you're doing a teaser, if you're just new to betting, the key is to go through key numbers. You got to go through the seven. You got to go through the six. You got to go through the three. 
These basically both do all of that. Um, so it's good teaser numbers, and it's a good pick because, again, I got both of them, Miami getting nine, Pittsburgh getting eight and a half. I think they're both going to win outright. I really do. That is my number one pick. That is my only 30-something dollar pick. It's a $36 bet. The next one, I got to lay a little bit of extra juice because the number has dropped. We talked about going from three and a half to three. Means the uh, the sharks are the sharps, excuse me, are on the New York Giants on Sunday night. I like the Dallas Cowboys, as I said with Larry a little while ago. Dallas is my NFC Super Bowl pick. I like the Dallas Cowboys. They have won 11 of these last of the last 12 games between these two teams. 11 of 12, and the last two last year were both by more than a touchdown. Cowboys minus three over the Giants, and that's when the Giants were good. I think the Giants are going to take a major step backward this year. Um, give me Dallas, minus three, $24 to win 20. All right, the rest of these are just regular bets, uh, all at minus 110. $22 here. Green Bay plus one over Chicago. Don't take the money line. Don't take the money line. It's minus 105. There's a big difference. Take that point for that, that extra minus, you know, that extra nickel. Minus 110. You want the plus one for minus 110, not the money line. So bet $22 to win 20. I'm telling you right now, I love Jordan Love. I really do. Love is in the air, as I said in my preview. I think this team is actually going to get better. I think the whole Aaron Rodgers saga debacle put a strain on these Packers. I can't wait to see what LaFleur is able to do with this team now that Rodgers is gone. I think the defense is going to be a little better. I am a huge fan of Jones and Dylan in the backfield. I think the receivers are good enough. I know they're banged up right now, and they're banged up for this game. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, both are game-time decisions. I understand that. The line has not moved, which tells me that there's enough e even betting from people who know what they're talking about. Chicago is also super trendy. Everybody loves Justin Fields. Everybody thinks D.J. Moore is going to make that big of a difference. I think Chicago is going to be okay. I think they'll be better than they were last year. But I don't think they're going to be better than Green Bay. And I, think, I still think Green Bay wins the division. We'll see who's right. We'll see who's wrong. Anyway, week one, that is my $22 pick, Green Bay over Chicago. Cleveland. Oh, by the way, trivia question. I said it yesterday on Buy You Bets. How many games has Green Bay won in a row? Well, I will tell you this. They won 22 out of the last 25. I don't care if it was Aaron Rodgers. That is a feat. Yes, Green Bay owns the Chicago Bears. We'll see if it continues. Speaking of streaks and trends, Cleveland Browns plus two over Cincinnati for 22 bucks. The last time that Cleveland lost to Cincinnati at home, Jamar Chase was a wide receiver for the Archbishop Brummel Raiders. That's the last time Cleveland lost to Cincinnati at home. They beat him last year, the night uh, before, I don't know, was it Halloween night? No, they beat him on Halloween night. Remember that Monday night game? It was in Cleveland, obviously. A year before that, they beat Joe Burrow. So Cleveland knows how to beat Joe Burrow. I re I, again, another thing I said in my previews, people are underrating Cleveland. I think Deshaun Watson with a full offseason going in week one is going to make a big difference. Nick Chubb might be the top running back in football. I know that's saying a whole lot. Even better, he could even be better than Derrick Henry this year. I think Nick Chubb is ready to take that big step forward and I think the receivers for the Browns are good enough. Browns going to win the division. That, there you go. That's also in my pixie dust. 
Cleveland plus two over Cincinnati. If you want to take the money line, not going to stop you. It's it's not that much more. Uh, let's see. I got it up on my screen. Might as well say it right. It's plus 110. So you can bet 20 to win 22, or you can bet 22 to win 20 and take the two points. I'm going to take the two points. And my last bet, um, I'm not sure if this is my bias showing through, as I said, my NFL picks column, if I'm just trying to will it to happen. But I'm so over Sean Payton. Look, I, Lord knows, being in this business, I was never – I think Sean Payton is a Hall of Fame coach um, eventually. But he should have won more than one Super Bowl here in New Orleans, is my, is my opinion. And I think that uh, – I don't think Russell Wilson is going to be any better this year than he was last year. I don't think Denver is going to be that much better than they were last year. And uh, maybe Nathaniel Hackett will have something to say to Sean Payton if they go 7-10 and 10 again. We'll see. I like the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are going to be any good this year either, but give me the three and a half. I know it's on the road. I think Denver's going to struggle. I'm not saying they're going to lose the game. They might. Um, it's going to be a tough one, but I like Las Vegas. Three and a half. 11 bucks. 11 to win 10. Those are our picks for week number one. Again, this will be something that normally is going to be on Thursdays, and uh, we're going to have fun with it. Like we've had fun with this show. And as I go out today, um, it was a pretty easy one. We always had, you know, a lot of times, I don't say we always, a lot of times I have trouble picking the closeout song. And in case you're new to the podcast, uh, what I do when I leave is I try to pick a song that kind of reflects um, the goings-on of the week or whatever particular game that, the, that a local team is playing or whatever. You get it. This week was pretty easy for me. Um, Jimmy Buffett, you know, I grew up listening to Jimmy Buffett uh, when I was a kid, and I always thought it was cool because, and this is to show you what kind of person I am growing up in the West Bank. This will say a lot about my character, but I thought it was cool that when I was seven years old, I heard the word damn on the radio. If I would have had, if you could do it like with your phone where you could just like rewind over and over again, you couldn't do that back then. But, um, you know, it's my own damn fault. I mean, that's kind of the story of my life anyway. Everything's my own damn fault. I don't blame crap on other people, but uh, Margaritaville. Lost Shaker Assault. Yeah, a lot more. R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett, another icon from my youth is gone and um, sad. This goes to show our mortality. You think about, for those younger than me, and I just, I had a birthday last week. Um, the first number is a five. The last number is exactly the same. When you start getting to my age, if you're not there already, you really start, your mortality comes up more every single day. You think about it a lot. You, you don't want to, but you do, which is why sports is so great, because it allows you to uh, take a mental vacation, or at least for a little while, right? And Spencer and I will be in the Superdome on Sunday. We will give you highlights of what's going on in the Dome on Twitter all day long. Make sure you join us. We'll be back here on Datitude on Monday. I will give you Derry's Dime, my thoughts, and the sounds from the Dome after the game. All here in Datitude, and we start it all over again. A regular week. Football's back. You got to love it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy it. Peace and love, my friends. Searching for